When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Rip and Rock. We got episode five coming at you right now. We have a lot to talk about on this one. The O's, winners of their series in the Bay Area against the Giants, taking two out of three. Big series win on Sunday. Gunnar Henderson has got some back tightness. What that means for his future, his status going forward, and how much concern there should be about that. Cedric Mullins, still on that 10-day IL with the right groin strain. His timetable, what that might look like. Uh, Rip, you kind of got on me for kind of reading off the rundown before so do you want to take it from here i don't want you to be silent the whole time no no it's okay you're doing great today. come on man you're doing yeah, great thank so you. we have rips tips with resiliency we'll get into that uh and really honestly we'll just talk about what's coming up for the orioles this week but i'll tell you what it's been a very eventful sorry my mind's a little bit all over the place rock i'm just gonna be honest yeah you know a lot yeah. a lot going on um for those that don't know had a little bit of a graduation celebration uh, moving a little bit slower. You know what's upsetting? I was going to, like, I had that in my rundown. You didn't know about that, and I was going to bring that up, but you brought it up yourself. So let's just get into that right off the top and talk about it. You graduated, man, and you took a picture, first of all, without shoes on. So, and it looked like in the graduation video when you were kind of going down that spiral staircase, congrats, by the way, on the new place, that you just had rolled out of bed. It was at the case were you just like waking up? Did you know about this? Yeah, no, What's so, the deal? So first off, thanks for the backhanded compliment. <laughs> Always. Congrats. Congrats, Always. Ryan. Congratulations. For real, though. However, <laughs> where's your shoes? N- n- uh, nice socks. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> yeah, and you stepped in a puddle. Okay. The video is up there now. The puddle came before. Well, okay. I popped a bottle of champagne. And you know what? We're just going to go back so everyone understands. It was a housewarming. My girlfriend and I, we moved. And we were just having friends over, and that's what I thought it was. But she told some people it was actually a surprise a little bit for a graduation for me. She got me a cap and gown, set up the sign, didn't know about it. (laughs) But I'm in my own house. So why would I wear shoes in my house, Rock? I'm just hanging out. I'm relaxed. And then they tell me to come outside and come down the stairs. Happened to be in socks. Whammy. Pop the bottle of champagne really poorly, by the way. You can go watch the video. I gave myself a D minus on the pop. Okay, I'll be the judge. And then that's why I stepped in the puddle. But, all right, I have to call you out on this. And for everyone out there listening, when your parents told you to, like, come out and help them with the groceries, you never went out in your bare feet. You always put on the first... It was like the first piece of footwear that was sitting there. It could have been your mom's shoes. It could have been your dad's shoes. It could have been oversized flip-flops. It could have been really small shoes. You just went out there in socks. So if I wore Crocs, would that have been okay? No, Crocs are not it okay. It would have been Crocs with my white socks. Unless they're in, unless they're in sport mode. 
Is that what they're flap up or down? I think. I don't know. Sure. I'm not a big Crocs guy. So my point they being. They are comfortable, evidently. I, I'm still going with um, I'm on on my, uh, I'm in my area. I'm in the backyard. And But you know what? I'll tell you this. Uh, it was great. I'll just go with that. I don't care. Socks, shoes, no shoes, whatever. Um, I didn't really realize how cool it was to have that moment. I just wish I popped the bottle of champagne yeah. better. But no, I do but- not regret not wearing shoes. <laughs> For real, man. Congratulations. You're a college grad. That's awesome stuff, and I'm proud of you. It's the that- nicest thing I think I've ever said to you. I, and I still don't. Get tears? Still, I still feel like there's going to be a. No, there's not. There's not. I am a very sarcastic human being, but like I'm really, truly proud of you. That's awesome. I'm really proud of you. But but let's talk about the Orioles. Yes, Enough about you. Thank good, yeah, good. You go. Whew, thank exactly. Goodness. The O's pick up a big series win in the Bay Area. That after pretty significant series loss at home. They did so against the Giants. They win the first, they drop the second, they win the third, eight three, and their bats just caught fire on Sunday. It was a pretty cool moment for Josh Lester. Gets called up on Saturday. First career MLB hit is a two-run single. Came through in a big way. Another run scored on that play. So shout out to Josh Lester with his first career hit. Coming in a big way, helping the Orioles get the series win. That's some memorable stuff. And your guy, Tyler Wells, he was just shining on the mound. Nine strikeouts, five and a third. He was dealing. You look great. He he did, and and actually might talk about it if you listen to the Fox 45 Sports Unlimited, but if you don't, I'll post it later. Anyway, Tyler Wells is an all-star right now to me. He is he is that guy for this this team, for this starting pitching staff, for this pitching staff as a whole. He has just been Mr. Reliable every single start, which is really hard to do when you think about over a course of a season, can you continue to bring stability? So far, he's done that. And for the Orioles, you drop your first two series consecutively during your homestand. And I, and again, I, I'm on social media now. You are too, Rock. Birdland was a little bit worried. And what do the Orioles do? They just go back to their winning ways, go to San Francisco. And the Josh Lester thing, besides awesome moment for him, is, hasn't that just been the M.O. rock guys getting called up? Ryan O'Hearn, I think the same thing where he's called up first game. I think he has three RBIs, if I'm not mistaken. So you're just seeing guys for the O's, no matter who it is, they're coming up and they're just ready to hit the ground running. And the O's are hitting the ground running to Milwaukee now, feeling way better than they did when they left Baltimore to head out to San Fran. Yeah, we want to touch on that Cleveland series a little bit. They got punched in the mouth. Are the Guardians better than maybe we thought? Or was it just the O's? They lose Cedric Mullins in game one to the IL. And then game two, they come out. They win 8-5. Game three, Cleveland puts up a 12 spot on them. And they end up winning the series with that 12-8 victory. Well, and I think it was also hard. The last game was that kind of bullpen opener game too, right? And, And the Orioles' bullpen was kind of already taxed. And so once Keegan Aiken... Had a little bit of a rough start to it. I mean, then it's you knew he wasn't going to go very long, and it really was going to uh, put that bullpen on on fumes. Every time I hear that the O's are going to have a bullpen game, I kind of like prepare for whatever. It's like buckle up because you you really don't know what's going to happen. And that's not to knock the bullpen. It's just you have a decent starting rotation right now in the league. And guys are going game in, game out. Anytime you take a guy out, because that was supposed to be Grayson Rodriguez's start that day. So 
the chips really didn't fall into place for the O's that day, and it showed. Yeah, and I think also what the thing that I – and again, it, it's been a new philosophy, right, of having a bullpen day and doing all that. And so Keegan, I apologize. He didn't have a bad outing at all. It only went one inning, but this was my concern, is that – when you're starting off and you know that guys are going to have a limited amount of capacity that they're going to be able to throw in that game, you are, you are hoping for it to go perfect. Because if it doesn't go perfect, you're going to have to use up more and more arms. And I know there was an off day coming up, but that's something you don't want to do to a bullpen and tax. Like, I would have much rather seen a starting pitcher you know, get called up and be in that situation. I know Bruce Zimmerman ended up getting called up, you know, in San Francisco. It would have been great to see someone like that in that spot because when one thing goes wrong, then Austin, Austin Voth, um, you want him to go longer, but then he gets a little bit roughed up. Yep. And that's already in then the fourth inning. And all of a sudden, you end up using five more arms out of the bullpen. And so, to me, Rock, it's not about the bullpen. They've done a tremendous job. It's the fact of it. it's asking a lot, and it's putting them in a tough position because it's. And we're only in June. That's, that's, to me, what gets a little bit concerning. Yeah, the middle of the bullpen got really roughed up in that game. Voth, three earned. CNL Perez, two earned. Givens, who is now on the IL with right shoulder inflammation, and that's the reason I believe why Zimmerman got called up. Yep. He gave up three. Bauman gives up three. And then Brian Baker and Danny Coulomb close out the game. They were both basically spotless on their final line. But it's just a rough outing for the staff in general well, during that game. And you can't – just the fifth spot's going to have to be filled in some capacity. Like, it has to be. Because this is something – and last year we saw the Orioles' bullpen run out of gas. I think it's it's not the same bullpen as last year, and you have Cano and Batista. That's a great one-two punch at the end of it. But you have so many good things going. You want to try to keep those arms in your pen healthy as long as possible. How you do that? How you do that is having that fifth starter. And and for the Orioles that game again, I think also even though I think Bieber started for Cleveland, and he did not have a good outing, but uh, when you already fall behind in a hole, it doesn't really matter, and that's the case. But uh, grant or credit to the O's though, because uh, they not only responded, they responded extremely well, and Dean Kramer actually was a big reason for that. Yeah, but let's now talk about some offense. We're talking a lot about pitching and how good, how not so good the pitching can be at times. There's some inconsistency there still. As a fan, you definitely want to see this rotation get a bit more consistent as far as the way they go and. You don't want to see those those bullpen games again. We're not talking about seeing the bullpen. Obviously, you're going to see the bullpen the majority of games. But when the bullpen starts a game, when you don't know who's going to open that game, it's not a legit starter, that's when you're holding your breath a little bit and like, all right, what's going to happen here? Offensively, one of the Orioles' young talents, Gunnar Henderson, he leaves last night's game, Saturday night's game, with with some back soreness, some back tightness it was called. It's not looking like it's an IL thing, which is very good. He was held out of the lineup on Sunday for the series finale against the Giants. But Gunner, he goes out game one, almost hits a, has a splash hit in McGovey Cove. Like, that was, I mean, he pumped that ball. Demolished it. That was insane. And it was awesome. And I think, I don't know if it was a fan's hand that stopped it, but that thing was headed there. And I'm pretty, pretty sure the week before, I hate to be like, oh, yeah, remember when, but. 
I, I think I did say like we were gonna see a gunner gunner splash hit, maybe an Adley right splash there. hit as well. Adley didn't do it, gunner almost did. So like almost only counts in horseshoes, but I'm just gonna give myself a little, little, little pat on the back for that Every, one. Everyone give some pats or some claps for yeah, Rocky. Yeah. But, hey, you were right to the point. And if it's not in the Cove, that hit was the game changer in that game. It was for sure. And, and so, like, that's the part of it. Gunnar Henderson, best swing. Uh, Hyde even said that that might have been his best swing of the season. And Gunnar's now had moments later in games where he's come up in big situations and delivered. And as a young player, that builds the confidence. And we're seeing Gunnar start to really get more comfortable. And then you hold your breath because of everything that just happened. But so you're right. I'm glad to hear that they don't believe it's an IL stint. Mm -hmm. You just hope this isn't something that gets prolonged for a while. No, because as much as he has struggled throughout this season, it's still early. He's still very young, 21, 22 years old. Like He's got his whole career, his whole future ahead of him. But you don't want to see a guy in every day or almost an everyday starter go out with an injury, and that would be your second in two weeks. That's when you're like, all right, is this team starting to break down? What's happening? So it's very good that Gunner, it's not believed to be an aisle situation, but let's just wait and see what ends up happening the rest of the week because some of these things, we've seen stints where players are rehabbing, and I don't think Gunner's going to have to rehab. Hyde had kind of said that this is something that's been nagging him for a while now with the injury, but you just want to hold your breath a little bit. And I've said that twice in this episode now. Oh, yeah. Just hope it's not anything more than it is. Well, of, of course, just because of what you see, what he's, what he's capable of doing, but also he was starting to get in rhythm. And the mm -hmm. last thing you want then is to have him have to take a little hiatus because of an injury and then try to reset himself. And yes, sometimes when you take a little bit of time off, sometimes it can be the best thing for him. But Gunner, he was starting to really feel good. His, or at least to me, his at-bats were – were, were more consistent. He was hitting balls hard. It just maybe wasn't going in his favor. But you were seeing that that corner being turned for him. And uh, so now we're just going to have to wait and see. But I'll tell you what, again, if he's out or whoever's out, you got to have the next man up. And Josh Lester, Josh Lester was that next man up. And, and man, did he uh, make his presence felt early and often for the Orioles. So you hold your breath with Gunner because of the injuries that the O's have suffered a bit this season, one of them being Cedric Mullins, that series opener against the Guardians. He pulls up, and the good thing is that he did pull up because if he didn't, it could have been far more worse. It's a groin strain. He's got a groin issue, and that's have – you, have you had one of those before Have in your baseball career? Well, I, I've had some probably lesser extents because I think you – I make the joke because Cedric's fast and I'm not. So mm -hmm. maybe I wasn't fast enough for the body to be moving like that. But I have had some some groin limitations. And even for that, it really does affect a lot of a lot of your movements, your your uh feeling to be explosive. Like the and fast it, twitch kind of. Exactly. And again, not that I was fast twitched in those capacities, you're, but you Cedric were like, you're slow twitch, right? Nah. Was it like? Was it like ah, like running in slow motion? Well, actually, if you well, the we gotta running, pull up the tape. Oh, we don't need to pull up the tape of the run. How many the stolen bases did you have in your career? Not a bring lot. That up? Rock, not a lot. It's <laughs> I had zero, so it's know. oh, it's more than zero. <laughs> but but the point being, for Cedric, he has to, especially with his game. Yeah, he can steal bases. He's an unbelievable outfielder. And then also, too, it's just trying to have that push and drive off and, and hitting especially, too. It's just you want to feel comfortable. And so it just – it's 
something for Cedric and for any player, though, it makes you really worried. But mainly for Cedric, the biggest thing was that's this is one of your. To me, I know everyone looks at the Adley as being the face of the franchise. Cedric, to me, is like that. Like was that heart and soul of of the team because of the elements in which he affects the game and how talented he is. And I've come on the record and said that I I believe that Cedric is one of the best outfielders, top five to me. If you said or I, if I say that. I don't think that that's crazy. That's just what he's capable of doing for this team and for any team he's actually. No, and I don't think it's a hot take to say at all that he's the best all-around player on the team right now when he's healthy. I mean, he's had an incredible season so far, both in the field and at the plate. And when you take him out of the lineup, it's like an emptiness, a hole that you're trying to fill. And for the O's, for Birdland, is there any worry or should there be any concern with him being out? with how this team's kind of approaching games and doing what they're doing. Because you take out one of the best players on the team, if not the best player on the team, there's going to be some sort of decline expected. I don't know if that's the word I want to use, but yeah, you know what I'm getting Well, at. you feel like all the, the you're talking about offense, offensive mm-hmm. production. Is it going to fall when one of your best offensive players is no longer in the lineup? And especially for a team that over the last 10 days has been up and down offensively, it's a good question to ask. But again, these Orioles players and, and, and offensive offensively, they've had guys go on streaks. It just you want to have your best guys out there. But on the other case, you have had guys that really haven't gotten going or haven't played well consistently. So it's just gonna have to be who's gonna have that good month of June. So to start off the season, April, it was Jorge Mateo. Jorge Mateo had an unbelievable month, not the month that he wanted in May. But now it's June. Who's going to be that player in June? At the end of May, it was sorry, it was Hayes and Santander in May that were just really good. Dude, Hayes, by the way, not to cut you off, Hayes is having a very under, like very quietly fantastic season. Like he's so underrated. So underrated, and he's crushing it. And then that's the thing is you need guys like that, that Hayes has gotten going. Now Santander had a phenomenal month. Who's going to be that player in June that's going to help this offense continue to go? If you can continue to have guys help out in that way, that's how you overcome this 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 uh, Cedric Mullins list Orioles uh, time. And again, I know people didn't like Aaron Hicks being signed, but for the Orioles, it was really a uh, there's no risk. He hasn't been bad. No, he's been he's been solid. And he I had think a great that- catch the other two nights ago. He, so for Aaron Hicks, and he just people, had a RBI triple. I know it was, I don't know if there's really a garbage time in baseball. But no, were, no, you know what? You yeah. get your knocks. There's no such exactly. thing in baseball because baseball is the hitting the baseball is the hardest thing to do. And for everyone says it evens out. It doesn't. Yeah, he, it he does a, not. You want to get Ryan fired up? Tell me that it evens out with hitting. It never evens <laughs> out ever. I promise you it never evens out for hitters. But Aaron Hicks. He's a guy that's been there, and I know at the Yankees he was being blasted for not playing well. Fans hated him up there down the stretch, but he's a guy that's been around. So if he plays well, it's a positive for the Orioles, and if he doesn't, you can move on from him when some of your options in the minors become healthy. But hopefully the Cedric injury doesn't prolong you know, more than a month. That's the hope that the Cedric injury doesn't prolong more than a month because then you're looking at, all right, how long is this guy going to be out, and when's he going to come back? Another guy fans may or may not be be thinking when he when he's going to come back, when he's going to get back up to the bigs. It's Grayson Rodriguez. I'm sure there are a lot of fans out there that that w- they definitely want him to get back, and then there are those that are like, 
take your time, stay down in AAA for now. When you get right, you'll be back. So Grayson Rodriguez makes his first start Saturday night for AAA. First start since being demoted from the ball club up here, Baltimore. So Grayson goes out, six innings, six Ks, no runs, one hit, but he did walk five. So there were some ups, there were some downs. He showed flashes of how good he can be, but walking five batters over six innings, a good thing. I mean, he gave up one hit, but people are going to look at the walks, be like, all right, why is he walking five batters? What's the deal here on the line? For, for sure. I thought it was a decent outing to be back, trying to get the confidence back. And his line was, I mean, basically spotless, as spotless as you want it to be aside from the walks. Yeah, I mean, I think no matter what the ultimate goal is, put up zeros. If you put up zeros, it doesn't matter how you do it, right? If you continue to do that, that that's the most important thing. But because of what Grayson's issues have been, and it's been control. And again, six, one hit, no one's ever going to complain about that. But at the next level in the big leagues, those five walks usually aren't coming out unscathed with zero runs. No, not at all. And so that's the point that you just got to be careful of with, with Grayson. And again, he's he does so many things well, and he's got so much talent. But that is going to be something that in the in the big leagues, can he get to a point where he can feel like he's under control? He's not falling behind because when you fall behind more consistently to big league hitters, they are going to make you pay, especially if you give them free passes on the bases. If you're a pitcher right now on the staff, I think I saw that Kyle Gibson was someone who reached out to him right off the bat. I'm sure other guys have. What are you telling Grayson? Because you have veterans that have been doing this. They've had their ups. They've had their downs. They've been at the peak. They've been at the lowest point. What do you think these guys are telling him? What do you think they're saying to him? How does he get his confidence back? And does that help hearing from guys that you just were with in the clubhouse and that you were just pitching with? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it helps that you have the support. I mean, I think for pe- people that want to know with baseball, when you go away, these groups of guys almost become your family away because you're gone for eight months out of the year. It's even it can be more valuable when you have guys that have been in the big leagues like Kyle Gibson have done it and understand the struggles and can look at someone and understand that Grayson has so much expectations, it, it, it really means a lot, right? It, it, it'd be one thing, especially if one of your peers reached out to you and maybe you're at the same level. Like, I'm not saying, like, with Dean Kramer. Dean could give the same type of speech, but it might not hold the same weight just because you're around the same age, you've gone through a lot, and Dean's still now early in his career. Kyle Gibson's been around, and it sometimes means even more when a veteran is t- taking the time to make sure you're good. So I think he's honestly just telling them, hey, you're good. You're fine. Get yourself together. Be you. Be yourself. And you're going to be back up here because we know what you're capable of. I think it's just as simple as that. It has nothing to do with what Grayson is capable of doing. It's all just about can you find that consistency. That is the one thing that Grayson has to get back to doing. Some resiliency, perhaps. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. 
and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I wanted to kind of lead into uh, Rip's Tips. Yeah, funny Show how some that resilience, works. right? Yeah. Right. So Rip's Tips talking about resiliency here, right? So... Uh, on my own personal podcast, I just interviewed uh, Drew Maggi, and the story earlier this season was the guy that played 13 years in the minor leagues and then finally made his major league debut this year with the Pirates. And bo- and again, not to, I'm, I'm pumping the tires on my own interview, but if you want to hear a story with it, I, I head <laughs> over there. No, mainly just because imagine you wait 13 years for any career just to have to, to live out your dream for one day. And he was able to finally do that, and he's in his, you know, he's not a young player. He's in his 30s now. You know what I mean? So, and a lot of these times, you know, players that's in the minors, you don't debut as you get older, it gets harder. So the resi- my point is, whatever you're going through, if you're passionate and you love it and you still believe in what you're doing, keep at it. And and looking actually at, you want to talk about some Orioles resiliency or players that have been involved with the team, another player that came to mind that's not with the Orioles but with the Giants, Mike Yastrzemski was a guy that was not going to get the opportunity in Baltimore, was getting up there in age, got traded to the Giants, still worked hard, got his chance, and then became an all-star with the Giants. And everyone can say, well, the Orioles let him go. Hey, they had to make a decision. Nothing wrong with that. But Mike could have either given in or continued to work. He continued to work and keep moving. And these Orioles players have a lot of that. I mean, Cedric Mullins was a guy sent from the big leagues down to double A in 2019. And Cedric Mullins then, two years later in 2021, became the first Oriole ever to have 30 home runs, 30 doubles, 30 bags. So my point, whatever it is that you're doing, continue to believe in yourself. Be resilient. If you can do that, Rock, you can find out you're capable of a whole lot more and even achieving the dreams that you uh, have sought out to do. I'll I'll say this, man. Just like you in graduating, seriously, doing what you're doing, Going back to school, you didn't have to do that, but you were resilient. Why did you want to do that? Why did you want to get the degree, that piece of paper? And it holds a lot of weight, but what what was the kind of deciding factor in doing that? And what advice would you give to people out there? Because I have friends that they're like, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back and get the degree. It's too late. And I'm like, listen, it's never too late. There are people in their 60s. There are people in their 70s. There are people in their 50s that graduate college and you see them walk across that stage and it's the coolest thing in the world. Seriously, seeing you in the with the cap and gown was awesome, man, because it's like, that's cool stuff. And you could have said like, all right, this is going to pass me by. I don't feel like doing this. I'm just going to kind of jump into this podcasting and starting to begin a career in media, but you decided to get the degree. Why? See, that felt, that felt, I didn't feel a butt was coming there and I appreciate <laughs> that. No, but so to the point of it, and for me, I've had those moments where you sit there and go, you move into something else and, and life, life, uh, you get busy in life, catches up with you. And, and you go, you know what? I need to focus on what I'm doing now. 
but when I had a chance to reflect and as I was going to retire, get close to retiring, and I knew, well, one, I had money that was being given to me, but it was only, only I could use it. I couldn't gift it from the Nationals when I was drafted, and I could only have a short amount of time to do it. So I had to make a decision on that. But mainly the biggest thing was I started something, and I didn't want to leave it open-ended. You know, and, and I had aspirations to finish what I started. And, and really, that's where it was. And, and for me, I appreciate you, and I, I really do. Um, no, man, I sometimes real. downplay it. But when I look back, I waited 10 – it's almost been 10 years. It was 2014 when I got drafted. Mm-hmm. So nine years later, I graduated and finished my final class. When did you start college credits and oh, college wow, classes? Right. Like, did you start back then too? 20, th- 2012, actually. So you're right. So, oh, yeah, you know what? Hey, look at you reporting right there, asking all the questions. <laughs> so to your point, it was over 10 years. And I'll, I'll be honest, there was a lot of times I didn't want to do it. And I think – the beauty of it when you go through something where where it might or you think it's going to be good for you but you know it might be hard for time or things are going on once you commit to doing it even if you don't think it's going to be good when you finish it and you pick your head up and going i finished it i i i accomplished something and there's a reason why you do it you feel more fulfilled so that that was where i was at i, I owed it to myself and i think that's the biggest thing and, and oh you owe it to yourself if mm-hmm. you do something and you put yourself out there, it doesn't matter. There's no Don't let an age or a certain time stop you or hinder you from chasing a dream that you once had. I think that's the biggest thing right now is we're seeing life gets in the way and people stop a dream. Yep. I think if your dream gets halted, don't have your dream end. Keep it. If you have to put it on pause, that's fine, but don't close it because I think that's where people have the what-ifs go through your mind. And for me, I didn't want to have the what-if of me not finishing college. Yeah, and all power to the people out there that don't have degrees and are killing it and doing what they're doing. My mom doesn't have one. My dad doesn't have one. My brother doesn't have one. Tons of people in my family, my friends, and they're very successful people. Absolutely. And shout out to you. But if there is ever an inkling or something in your head where you're like, why didn't I do this? Or I want to do this. I want to go back and get my degree. Go out and do it. And if you think there's too much on your plate, kind of clear that plate off a little bit. If you can, if you can, if it's possible, there's online classes, there's options. You can go out and get your degree as well. So shout out to you, man. That's awesome stuff. I appreciate it. Yeah, just, just be, be resilient. That's just the end of the rips tips. Be resilient. <laughs> it doesn't have to be college, but continue to be passionate and chase what you're doing. If you continue to do that, you're going to find out you're capable of so much more. All right. The O's looking up or ahead, sorry, to their upcoming series. I don't know what direction I want to go in. Left, right, side, side, up, Yeah, down. I, could, yeah, I see knows. what you were doing there. Yeah. But we're heading to Milwaukee. They are heading to Milwaukee. They are heading to Milwaukee, winners Milwaukee. Of, of the series in San Francisco. And they're playing a solid Brewers team there, Rock. The they road- are, but the O's on the road, they've been phenomenal. As far as the AL goes, they're the only team in the American League with 20 wins on the road. And only one of two teams in baseball with that. So the O's on the road, I'm going to take the O's on the road because they've proven time and time again, they have no fear of different atmospheres, the away crowds. Like, they play better on the road statistically than they do at home. They're 17-12 and 12 at Camden Yards. They're 20-10 and 10 away from Camden Yards. Numbers speak for themselves. Well, you know what the impressive thing with playing well on the road, and people, people may or may not think about this, but when you're at home – you get to have your home crowd, obviously, and it's comfortability, but you get to be in a little bit more of a routine at home. It's mm-hmm. your ballpark. It's your place. 
your city, your town, you can get in that rhythm. When you're on the road and you're traveling constantly from city to city, then you're trying to get into that rhythm. That's where it becomes more of a challenge. So credit to this O's team, to your point, doesn't matter what's happening for them. They're ready to go out there and play each and every night. Dude, I'll say this. To bring it into perspective for like average Joes like myself, traveling, it's fun when you get there. But getting there sucks. sucks. And you're drained. And it doesn't matter if you're flying private, like the O's, or if you're, you know, flying domestic, like me. It's like... <laughs> I will say... It traveling is, traveling it does is. traveling does suck sometimes, man. Like, I don't want to sit in a seat. I don't care if it reclines or not. First of all, I don't recline on airplanes. I'm so against it. Do you? I don't either. You're but also I, like six. So I, I don't recline, but I accidentally will hit the button like with my elbow yeah. and I'll constantly at the end of the flight, the the flight attendant will be, excuse me, like you need your seat up. And I'm like, it's not up. And then they push the seat. And I'm like, well, how the heck did that happen? Well, you're just going to get thrown off a flight because my, my, I, I guess I'm throwing bows on yeah. the, the buttons or whatever it is, yeah. but I'm with you on that. Sorry. Flight etiquette. I was just saying that if you do recline, whatever, like I'm, it's not the end of the world, but I'm just not a recliner on plane. So if someone reclines on you, is that no, I get ticked off. So it happened one time, not to me, but the woman next to me, and she had every right to be livid. She had her tray up. She was getting her drink together, and this dude just, like, reclines back completely. Like, the chair, you could hear it creak, and, like, crushes her, like, water bottle. Oh, my. Lands all, you know, went all over the place, and she was not happy, and I completely understood. I was like, it's like, I don't know. I, I that's, mean, a, that's a different different conversation for a different day. Yeah. So what we're getting at is traveling <laughs> in general. It it's, is. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nicer got, when it's private. You do have to. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. it's still. But it is still a grind to go place to place. And then for you, traveling. What is that grind like for teams that go on the road? It's you get off the plane, you get to the hotel. Do you get any time to settle, or do you? Go right into work. Like just really depends on what time you get in and if you have an off day. So in this case, when the Orioles went to San Francisco and Milwaukee, they had off days so they could really get acclimated. But the days when you have to go right after and then you're getting into whatever city's late at night, then you're getting on the bus, then you're finally getting to your hotel, it just varies. So the but the bigger part is it's a hundred and sixty two game season. And can you get your body feeling like talking about Gunnar Henderson, that back sore? and you're getting on a flight and you're trying to stay loose and stay relaxed, that's hard to do when you travel a lot, and that's what a lot of players have to deal with is just can they continue to keep their mind and body fresh with the constant traveling around and be expected, Rock, to not just go out there and do you know and to win games but to do it at a, you know efficient rate, and they're, and they're playing for their careers. So game one, that is – Kyle Gibson, who has been fantastic this season for the O's against Freddie Peralta. Game two, you got Kramer going up against Burns. In game three, you got Bradish against Ray. What are we thinking here? Did the O's take that series? Did they lose the series? What's the deal here? Well, and this is why I think it's going to be a very tough series. Brewers, the Brewers in are good. They're first in the Central in the yeah. NL. And the thing is that some of the names you just mentioned there, and, and Burns is the one that stuck out. Look, the Orioles can beat anybody. You know, and I and I told you this, and I'll continue. If if people can learn a couple things from me, it's going to be avoid sweeps and win series. If you're not going to win the series, don't get swept. So for the Orioles, you're going to go in there and try to win every single one. But you have to keep in mind you're you're facing a very good ball club, and if you can continue to compete um, at a high level, you're going to be okay. But if the Orioles 
if I'm an Orioles fan, if they lose a series and come back at 500, I'm cool with that. And not that I want that as a player, but just being realistic, it's a hard thing to expect to continue to go on the road and win at this clip. The Brewers are coming into this one. They've won three straight. Depends on what they do tonight. Tonight being Monday, we're mm-hmm. going to call it. We're going to not date the podcast. But beat the Reds three straight games, 5-4 and 11. Then they won 10-8. Then they won 5-1. So this is a team that's getting hot right now. They took one of three from Toronto, lost that series, dropped three of four to San Fran. So these are some of the teams the O's just played. So this series could really go either way. Yeah, I mean, but I will say this with Milwaukee, and the the record can be a little bit misleading. But, you know, and again, Milwaukee's a very good team. That's why I'm saying I'm not, if the Orioles come out of this series 500 or uh, this road trip 500, great. Milwaukee actually run differential rock. You want to guess where they rank right now on the season? I know they're not one or two because Texas is just blowing everyone away. Yeah, that and is then correct. you got Tampa Bay at number two. Also, so I would say they are their run differential. I think three, I want to say, is, and I'm not looking at stats right now, is the Braves at maybe wow. like 50, 55, something like Close that. Close 60. Okay, 60 they're at now. So I would say Milwaukee is maybe like, I want to say their top 10, maybe like. Seven or eight. Wrong. Where? 20th. 20th? So that's why I'm wow. saying that it can Not be a little misleading. And the yeah, Brewers yeah. are a good team. Were, yep. And and pitching-wise, and they and offensively, they do have some good pieces. Mm-hmm. But this is the thing. Milwaukee is minus 23 on the season and run differential. The Orioles are ninth best in baseball at plus 25. So the point being, that's where, could the Orioles absolutely go in there win a series? 100%. They've been doing it all season long. And Milwaukee has been a team that has had its struggles, but again, going on the road, trying to figure it out. And what the Orioles are doing, I mean, 20 wins, Rock, it's incredible. Get If they can be 500 coming home, because in the series they have coming back home, Rock, that's where they want to get the bad taste out of their mouth, especially after what just happened last homestand. So we're not going to see Mullins in Milwaukee, and that's for sure. Is Is there a chance, any chance in the world, that you think we see Cedric Mullins in that next series coming up for the Orioles no. at home against the Royals. So no. maybe against Toronto. No. No. At I, Chicago? I don't think we see Cedric. I, I'll, I'll probably – I'll say this. I'm just saying any and chance maybe, in the world And maybe this is bold here or yeah. maybe not bold. I would not be surprised if we don't see Cedric until after the All-Star game. Wow. And, and not from this – I think it just really depends. I don't think it's that as serious and you hope – like I would love for him to play that first week of July. Like that's where I would look end of June, first week of July because that put it at about a month, five – yeah, about five weeks, four or five weeks essentially. If, if we say June 26th, 27th, he got hurt the final week, days of May. I think that that's realistic. And, and I think for the Orioles, you want him to feel good – not terrible going down for the second half of the season. And so I, the Orioles always are they are going to be more cautious if they have to be. Um, and you got the Royals coming to town. But the reason why I say get the bad taste out of your mouth, you never want to feel like you come home and you're in a spot and you just can't win in your own ballpark. It really, really ticks you off. And you have a team in the Kansas City Royals that you should have no problem winning the series. But again, um, they're going to have to right the ship, especially after those last six or seven games. They yeah, played. the Royals, as we speak, 18-41. and 41. Yuck. Don't let the Royals get hot on you. No, don't let the Royals get hot at all. You got anything else you want to talk about? <sighs> I think that's kind of it for this one. I think we touched on a lot of bases, pun intended. Um, 
Oh, real quick before we go. Lisa tweets us all the time. She's awesome and she listens to the podcast. Love it. She kind of asks us to bring up our favorite video game athletes of all time. And we oh, kind of have the same yeah. one. So we don't want to forget about Lisa. Lisa, thank you for listening. Shout out, really. Lisa. Thank yeah, you so much great. for the support. And and Ash is doing his own thing. Oh, yeah. Killing it. Shout out to Ash as well. Uh, favorite, I think we're, we're going to say same? it at the same time. Yeah. One, two, three. Pablo, Pablo Sanchez. Sanchez. Yeah. Did we just become best friends? We might have. You yeah. know, that was Pablo Sanchez. <laughs> I We will put out a poll or a thought. Best video game. I don't think Pablo Sanchez in the backyard games can be beat. Bleacher Report Gridiron put something out, and there was a debate. Is it Vic in 04 Madden? Is it Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile? I was like, for me, it's Pablo Sanchez. And different eras are going to say different things. Like for you sure. have the new age is saying all these Madden Ultimate Team players, the new guys, and it's like, I don't play Madden as religiously as I played it back in the day when you had the hit stick introduced. I remember when it first was, I think it was Madden, I want to say 05 with Ray Lewis on the cover, and that's why they did the hit stick. That's correct. And I was just running down the field, just hit sticking everyone, and I still do that. I don't hit A to tackle. Never. I think that's weak. Never. I am hitting the right stick up as hard as I possibly can and trying to make the opposing player fumble. Absolutely, and for Pablo Sanchez, for those ones that don't know, he's not a real, you know, he's a fictitious character. No, he's character, real. He's, but real. he's, he's real, real in my eyes. He's real in here. In and, my heart. And, and, <laughs> and literally, because so, I got asked the question earlier in the season, or earlier uh, this year, uh, would I ever get back to playing backyard baseball? I guess there's a Discord server to play, you know, in a league just for fun, to you know, to be nostalgic or whatever it may be. And um, someone asked me, though, did I play as my dad? Because Cal Ripken Jr. was on the cover. Yep. Calvin was on there. And I said, <laughs> hey, yeah, of course I play with my dad, have him on the team. But I'm like, kind of wasn't that good in the game. Did you tell him that? Yeah, absolutely. What did he say? I mean, I don't think he really. Was he, was just, he mad that he wasn't as good as Pablo Sanchez? I, 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 but I think, I I think he understood. And I said, do you see this, dad? Do you see this guy? <laughs> it's like, a homer every time is, you make contact. So you have to compete with father. This, this is the true Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. So I. I, I Pablo streak is more important. <laughs> I've hit a home run with Pablo Sanchez in 28 consecutive games. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like unbelievable. No, Pablo Sanchez was the real goat in backyard baseball. But um, backyard baseball, backyard football, backyard soccer, the guy could do it all. Backyard all, basketball. There was a backyard basketball it was they the put great, out, Do you remember that? Uh, I remember all of it. I, I miss those days. It was fun being it, a kid. It was cool, though, when they put you know the athletes in the game that you could actually like. I think Griffey was in it. Yeah, your dad. Oh, you Ken had, Griffey was um, incredible. Griffey was great, and they put him in with the backyard or the uh, backwards cap as they should. The kid. Um, who who else was in there? I think like I want to say like Mo Vaughn was in there. They had Mo Remember Vaughn. Mo I think Vaughn they had like a Rod. The Rays at the time. They had, uh, had a Rod. Yeah. Randy Johnson. I think Randy Kurt, Johnson was filthy. Kurt Schilling. Yeah. So anyone, I, we would love to hear some of your favorite games players growing up doesn't have to be yeah. backyard baseball because everyone has it i know people like ken griffey jr slugfest we want to hear about some yeah, of your slugfest oh man we, we want to hear about your nostalgic moments and maybe we need to jump into movies next time baseball movies movies would be great certain types of snack foods like i saw dunkaroos in the aisle at harris teeter and oh. i immediately bought them I you know what i think we're i think we're on to something we're going to add a nostalgic segment of Things that people, it's like your guilty pleasure 
or and was a big part of your childhood. Today we talked about it was a video game character, but we got a lot we do, more. We definitely now. do have to do that. Maybe some interviews soon too. We definitely have to have some guests on. Yeah, I guess let we'll talk know. to yeah, some let guys. Us, let us know who you guys think we should have on. Um for maybe the next episode of the podcast or down the line. Like we really value your opinion. So yeah. Yeah, I think now that we did that, I think I'm I think I'm all set for the, for this episode, Rock. Yeah, man. You're trying to kick me out? You gotta go back and celebrate your graduation? Uh no. No. Well, I'm I actually go I'd back. actually be kicking you out because I work here. Yeah, this this yeah, I just come by to get coffee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thanks. Nice of you to wear uh, dress shoes today. Yeah. You know what? You just had to say something like that. I left them. You know what? I'm just messing with you because I do the same thing. But I am wearing shoes. You're welcome now because I'm out and out of my house. I am getting out of here. Everyone in Birdland, have a great week. A rock and where could they find us and all that good stuff. Apple, Spotify, Amazon. There's some other, I think, platforms out there that I got to get familiar with as well. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Episode five is in the books. Download, subscribe, review, let us know how we're doing. Because like we say time and time again, we cannot get better without the opinions of everyone out there listening. Thank you guys so much. Hope you tune in next Monday. Bye.